coming to you from a cozy little condo high atop Old Fort Ward, Atlanta. Welcome, Welcome to The Ron Show on America One Radio. Here's your host, Ron Roberts. And a happy Valentine's Day to you from me. I love that you're listening to the show on the America One Radio app. Do appreciate that. With this being Black History Month, I've... Uh, tried to spend a little bit of time each day spotlighting what has happened on this particular calendar date in black history. Unfortunately, because February is the smallest month of the year, we only get so many days to actually spotlight some things that happen on black history. That being said, there were things that occurred on other calendar dates that we may not know about. One of those would be the Hamburg Massacre which happened just across the state line into South Carolina, but there are ties to a Confederate monument on Broad Street in downtown Augusta, Georgia, that's still there. (laughs) Oddly enough, we're going to talk with Civil War historian and author Kevin Levin. Kevin has authored several books, by the way, one of which would be Searching for Black Conservatives, The Civil War's Most Persistent Myth. He also wrote a piece on his Substack that I'm going to share in show notes today at ronshowatl.com. Also at ronshowatl on Twitter and Facebook as well, so you'll know what we're talking about. Uh, About the incident in Hamburg, South Carolina, which by the way is a ghost town. I'm sorry, it's not even a ghost town. It's a golf course across the Savannah River from downtown Augusta. And uh, he'll talk about, uh, we'll talk to him about that monument in Augusta and why that monument's still there, why there are so many just like it and the ties between a South Carolina governor and, again, the Hamburg massacre. Great conversation. We'll have that uh, in the second half of the show. want to start the show with what the Georgia Democratic legislative folks did yesterday, which was hold a press conference on the Capitol steps uh, inside the Gold Dome, and they could not have predicted yet another mass shooting on a school campus, although... It's kind of hard not to predict these things. They happen so often now. You can almost guarantee that one's going to happen in the next week or two. That's the sad fact of the matter. We'll get to the Michigan State shooting in just a few minutes. Uh, I want to play some audio uh, from friend of the show, past guest, and representative, Dr. Michelle Al, from that press conference yesterday. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Dr. Michelle Au, and I'm a member of the Georgia House of Representatives. I am also a practicing physician in Metro Atlanta. And it is through that lens that I say this, gun violence is indeed a public health crisis. And perhaps because I hold this view, I have been repeatedly surprised and dismayed that our Republican colleagues continue to turn a blind eye to an epidemic evident to the entire rest of the world. Worse yet, I am deeply disappointed that Georgia Republicans talk a big game about violent crime and public safety, yet refuse to take even the first, most common sense step to deliver on what their constituents have begged them to do. This session, I've introduced three gun safety bills, among them legislation requiring universal background checks and waiting periods for firearm purchases. But what I want to talk about today is my top priority piece of legislation this year, which is the Pediatric Health Safe Storage Act, or HB 161. As of 2020, the number one cause of death in children and teenagers in the United States is gun violence. This is a statistic we need to own. 
we live in a country where if a child dies, the most likely reason is that they were shot. As leaders, as parents, as grandparents, and as human beings, I would like to think that this, is this is a statistic that would incite us to act. Perhaps naively, I believe that this reality would be enough. I talked with many, many, many Republican colleagues in the past years and months about co-sponsoring such legislation, which simply requires that guns need to be safely secured if they can be accessed by children. Not one of them was brave enough to publicly support this bill. Not one. Just as not one of our Republican colleagues is brave enough to stand with us here today. What they don't realize is the volumes they speak with their silence. Inaction is a policy choice. It is a choice to do nothing as our children are dying. Yep. This legislature can pat itself on the back for passing a mental health bill, but most Republicans still refuse to acknowledge that the number one cause of gun fatalities is suicide. And access to an unsecured firearm is the top risk factor for death by suicide, particularly in adolescents. Don't talk to me about your, committee, your commitment to curtail violent crime in this state when you refuse to acknowledge the inescapable truth that gun violence fuels that crime. Yep. Do not talk to me about protecting our children when you won't lift a finger to address the most likely reason we might lose them. Shame on you for your silence. Shame on you. Abdicating your responsibility and the leadership you promised your constituents that you would provide. Inaction is a policy choice, but one we do not accept. And if Republicans refuse to give our slate of common sense gun safety bills a fair, a fair hearing in committee, your communities will not accept you. You came here to do a job, and if you cannot do that job, you don't have to be here at all. A lot of sobering details in that speech from Dr. Michelle Au, who, by the way, I wouldn't mind seeing her run for governor. Just saying. You think that's sobering, though? Check this. I mean, you know, the odds are still not that grand that every child will live through a mass shooting, whether in a school or otherwise. What are the odds that a child will live through two mass shootings on a school campus. Shannon Watts gives us that perspective as of 1 a.m. last night from Lansing, Michigan. So the reason I'm making this video right now is because it is almost 1 a.m. and I am currently directly across the street from where the shootings at Michigan State occurred. Oh my God. I am 21 years old and this is the second mass shooting that I have now lived through. Ten years and two months ago, I survived the Sandy Hook shooting. And when I was crouched in the corner, in school in Newtown, Connecticut on 12, 14, 12, I was hunched in the corner with my classmates for so long that I actually got a PTSD fracture in my L4 and L5 in my right lower back. I now have a full-blown PTSD fracture that flares up anytime I am in a stressful situation or anything occurs that's aggressive like that. The fact that this is the second mass shooting that I have now lived through is incomprehensible. My heart goes out to all the families and the friends of the victims of this Michigan State shooting. But we can no longer just provide love and prayers. It needs to be legislation, it needs to be action. It's not okay. We can no longer allow this to happen. We can no longer be complacent. 
I'll forever be Sandy Hook strong and forever be Spartan strong. How awful is that? That we are now talking to a generation of kids where there is even the possibility that they have lived through, thankfully lived through, multiple mass shootings in school. I believe we're up to four dead now, five non-critical injuries in the shooting last night. As of right now, investigators say that there's no known motive. There's no ties to the shooter, Anthony Dwayne McRae, who is 43 years of age, uh, and Michigan State University. He was later found dead from an apparent self-inflicted gunshot wound. But they also are intimating that he may have had plans to attack a New Jersey school as well. In fact, according to CNN, Ewing New Jersey Police Department officials say, quote, he had a note in his pocket that indicated a threat to two Ewing public schools. I don't even think it's ironic anymore to point out that uh, this was hours before the fifth year anniversary of the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School massacre in Parkland, Florida. I mean, I can't, I can't say it's ironic anymore. It just happens so frequently now that these things are going to have common dates now in this country. 67th mass shooting with four or more shot, not including the gunman, so far in the year 2023, according to the Gun Violence Archive. And the answer from the right is less regulation on who carries a gun, who buys a gun. If they carry and conceal or they carry openly, less regulation because they focus on the words shall not be infringed. Those three words mean more to them in the Second Amendment than a well-regulated militia. Those are the first four words in the Second Amendment. Those four words mean nothing, shall not be infringed. The last three mean more to them. The right likes to pretend that they're concerned about groomers, unless it's Protestant church folks or Republican politicians. They like to pretend that they're concerned what your kid's going to be taught in school that might shed light on historic, systemic, often codified racism in this country. But they're definitely not concerned if children are going to be shot and or killed while in school. They're just not. They're not concerned about legislation that would prevent kids from finding guns in homes and accidentally shooting their friends or themselves either. And the record shows that. They pretend that they're out to protect the unborn, but once the kid's born, better put some Kevlar on it, because those AR-15 lapel-wearing politicians are looking out for the gun well ahead of your child's interests and well-being. And that's just a fact. They'll neglect the four words at the front of the Second Amendment to give absolute power to the last three words in the Second Amendment. And in doing so, they just continue to show their hypocrisy. Free will, I mean, they, they love to talk about liberty and freedom, but free will doesn't mean anything if you're a woman who's pregnant or if you're a young trans person. They'll perform political Pilates to stomp on other amendments in our Constitution, but want the Second Amendment to be interpreted from an absolutist standpoint. And a standpoint, by the way, that our forefathers 
And for the first 200 years plus existence of this country, our leaders didn't see the same way. That history cannot be undone. Well, I say that, and yet we're watching the right furiously kick dirt on our history on race and racism. So maybe, maybe, they can, maybe they'll try. They'll continue to try, of course. What am I saying? No, this, this new strain of absolutionism when it comes to the Second Amendment is only about as old as I am. In fact, younger than I am. I know they like to kick around the, the term originalism, but that's not actually the case. It's just not. Anywho, here we are again, another mass shooting in the United States. Anyhow, what's for dinner? What's on TV tonight? Happy Valentine's Day. Ho hum. Back after this, Marta has dropped the ball again. More Ron Show on America One Radio after this. (laughs) 